Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we're talking about the 1972 Bruce Lee starring and directed Way of the Dragon. With me, as always, is the unicorn to my dragon, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? It is a holiday for me as well. Um, it's the National Jewish Drinkers Association holiday. Okay, um, uh, also with me is a very special guest. He schooled us originally in our Big Boss show. And now, uh, no, then he came back and he schooled us again in our Fist of Fury show. Uh, the man, the myth himself, Mr. Michael Worth. How's it go, Michael? Well, if you mean by schooling third grade, then maybe. But yes, uh, I'm doing good, man. Good to be with you two guys. You had great. a couple of dumbass babies in your class and uh, we yeah. thought we knew what was going on. We did. We are like, yeah. And did you see that? And you're like, mm-mm. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> if you kick right. a man, he'll actually make the outline when he goes through the barn wall. And I'm like, what? That's, That's real? That does... I've tried it. <laughs> uh, okay, so the original title for this, I saw it in the, at the drive-in with my, my pappy. Um, it was Return of the Dragon back then, which always made me think it was a sequel to Enter the Dragon. Which is funny, because they're nothing alike, and the film quality is totally different. But I grew up believing that. I'm like, Return of the Dragon. A little bit more of the fucked up title stuff. Yeah, well, that's the, that was what it came into the U.S. I mean, in the, in the obviously, you know, on the in the East and Asia, it was the way of the dragon. But even when they were making the film, which will explain the title sequence, it was um, I'm going to translate it not perfect, but it's like fierce dragon crosses the river. The idea being that you know, dragon being Bruce Lee, and he's going to Italy to deal with this. So that's why, if you watch the opening credits, that weird animated sequence, you see this rowing a boat and crossing the river and that whole thing yeah i i had the advantage over lee that you'd kind of given me a little background on this um so even though i hadn't seen it in a long time i was aware in the beginning it was like the first time i watched it i thought he ordered all the soup like just out of pure stupidity <laughs> but that now i know like from a dim sum perspective of course he's like give me this 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 and this because he's just hoping to have a total meal and instead what comes is this insane amount of food <laughs> Right, so you got to notice all the scenes that were, were like probably not, you know, that didn't make it into the U.S. version, but that were intended for the more the Asian audience. Yeah, and the version um, Lee and I watched is the international version, I guess, quote unquote. So he got oh, to see all that stuff, the soup eating and the squatting on the toilet and the random, right. like if you, you just don't get it if you don't know. Yeah, the, uh, the the Campbell soup. I was cracking up at the juxtaposition of like this guy from like rural China coming to Italy. I didn't realize that he they, was it like they were indicating that he was crossing like the Rubicon and going into Rome to uh, to go handle his business. Is that what they meant, or what, what was That's going on with that? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But in terms of what, in terms of him going? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. He's going to him... full historical, where I think, um, it, from a Bruce perspective, he was just going into weird land. True. That's probably a little both. Yeah. Yeah, you're just you just stepped it up a little bit, Lee. <laughs> you just brought a little <laughs> class to what's going on here. Because we know when he orders all the bowls of soup, this isn't class. Oh, that old woman staring at him, right? God, what a weird intro. Well, even the, the great thing about that intro is the fact that it's close on Lee's face. So you th and he's the, the look he's giving is like, well, we're about to pull back and he's fighting these people or something. And then he's like in an airport with these people staring at him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Why don't, why don't we just do kind of a rundown? I want to I hear from Lee first since uh, we'll get him unadulterated. Like, what did you think really of the whole thing? 
Oh, this was definitely a product of its time. Okay. Uh, like the hair and the mustaches <laughs> and the stereotypes and the dubbing. And then uh, there's Chinese like spirits. <laughs> you better just relax, baby. I'm like, that's not what that guy sounded like. Uh, and then, that was Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then they did uh I, I guess just the thing that really stands out is just the action sequences are like to this day they're just above what you really get to see anymore uh, so and just really fast. fast yeah I, I loved it i thought it was really funny and uh kind of at times awkward and hilarious but it was i i watched it twice and i i i plan to watch it again it was pretty good yeah this uh came out one month before i was born wow yeah back in vietnam <laughs> all right yeah, I can be enough. <laughs> michael give us the goods which you've seen this uh probably more times than both of us combined uh lee and i so we brought you sadly, back yeah. again yeah you know this was actually for a long time was my second favorite bruce lee movie but then i i over the years and i don't know if it was just my getting interested in cinema and that kind of uh, you know from that angle the fist of fury became my second favorite um, but, you know, I've always enjoyed it. And I think partly just because it was his only written by, directed by, you know, so it's, you know, this is a pure Bruce Lee cinema right here. This was like his first foray into doing it. And because um, before this, you know, he was being directed by other people, produced by other people, written by other people. And so it's kind of like in that sense, it's sort of unique. And and that is what you were that that line just before we, so we don't forget later that that you were quoting from the the guy who was just going Chinese spare ribs that was Bruce Lee's voice. Oh right, <laughs> that's hilarious. Bruce Lee he's like, no, I'm taking that racism on myself. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. That that oh, I was going to point out. Um, <laughs> um, well, okay, I'm going to save it, but. The Coliseum. I kept reading because I remember the Coliseum thing in this, and I'm. Re- this is a full of spoilers, so I I don't know what order we go in, um, but it said like this is like the last film that was ever filmed in the actual Coliseum. But the final fight I'd never noticed before until I was watching it with a friend of mine, and she's like, "These are all paintings behind them." I'm like, "Oh shit!" I mean, I had to slap myself across the face and wake up. I'm like, "It's all paintings. None of that's in the Coliseum." Anyway. But beautiful, beautiful views of Rome. So, a little bit was in the beginning, you know, when they're first running around right. outside. He but they were steal, the gate. stealing all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fight itself, though, I mean, if you look, it's kind of like, it's like almost abstract art behind them. It's just sort of a blurry yep. view. Yeah, I never noticed that. I was too busy watching the fights. Well, okay, so let's get to, I want to hear favorite scenes, uh, because that's what this is all about. And Lee, you get to go ahead and steal either Michael's or my favorite scene, because there are a couple of really super scenes in this, and I have a feeling you're just going to swoop them up. But go ahead. Oh, I already know. Steal it's, away. Uh, his, his, I don't know if she's related to him in some fashion, but uh, the girl that he's living with temporarily... Um, Nora Mao. She, yeah. Who, who, she, by the way, dude, you'll remember her. She was in uh, Big Boss. Same main female lead. No, 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 that's yeah, not true. Fury. That's not true, right? She was just the um, the juice selling lady, right? In oh, Big Boss. in the little the little cart yes. thing, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. Never mind. Rewind. Push play. Go ahead. He's like, "Did you know that fact? No, you didn't, because I made it up." <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Bruce Lee's real name was Bruce Johnson, and he he was <laughs> actually from Iowa? <laughs> You're welcome, Lee. 
And they just literally taped his eyes all the time. Uh, let's see. <laughs> they did the reverse Jackie Chan. They made him location. <laughs> he grew up on a corn farm. Uh, the uh, so his his um, whoever her how whatever relation she is to him, uh, she's explaining to him that you know he his more like traditional reserved uh, you know rural Chinese ways. You know this is Europe. This is Italy, and you need to be a little bit more. Um, I guess you'd say more outgoing and gregarious. And she, uh, so right after she does that, this beautiful girl who I assume mm. is, is a hooker, uh, I thought she comes up to him and she starts hugging him and then the girl gets really mad and leaves. And so she like takes him to the room and I thought we were going to get a scene where he doesn't understand that she's going to ask him for money, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead, like he's doing kicks and stuff and staring in the mirror and she comes out and she's like just only in her panties and she's just revealed like that ancient Italian secret that she's really well endowed. You know? Acha And he like freaks out and runs out of the room and I'm at the TV going, they're bigger than your head, Bruce. They're bigger than your head. <laughs> and that's when I knew that this movie was for me. I just, that was it. Yeah, she was quite hot. It was really weird. And yeah, Nora, she blew my mind with that whole thing because she was such a dick to him until she figured out that he could kick anybody's ass and then she was the sweetest person in the world. Oh, I know. It's so funny <laughs> about that. It's so true. <laughs> oh Well, Michael, you're up. Now, he did not steal your favorite scene. I guarantee that point. Well, you know what? Actually, it was in my grouping, and but not because of the girl. I actually, that part of the scene that that I like so much is when he just looks in that mirror. He like first startles himself and he kind of like drops into a stance and then he kind of starts looking at his eyes and checking himself out. It's just so weird, man. But that was one of the scenes that was actually taken out of the US the US release, so I didn't see it for years, you know. Oh. It, was, it was until I was probably in my 20s or, you know, 30s that I saw it when I saw that 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 I actually got to see that scene. Was it like he wasn't used to looking in a mirror? Well, no, the, I just think it just startled him. The idea was that he's like passing it by and it's like, whoa, and, and, and he reacts to it. There's actually a movie called, um, uh, blanking on the, it's a movie, um, uh, kung fu film that's called, I think called Body Weapon, I think. And the guy ripped, the, he's a Bruce Lee fan, the lead actor. He stole the whole scene. It's like his wedding night right before he's about to have sex. He looks in the mirror and starts doing the same thing. So they, they kind of borrowed it from that movie. Um, but I, I love, I could watch that double noon Chaco scene all day long because it is such a funny scene. And the way Bruce Lee uses the noon Chacos is uh, nobody else can pull, even with all these Bruce Bully, uh, Bruce Boy films we watch, you mm-hmm. know, when these, they pop the new, it's fun, but nobody matches his creativity with it. You know what I mean? And it's like his, every guy that he's cracking over the skull gets it a different way. It's not just like whack, 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 whack the same way. He's like, he puts him around his waist. Then he holds it right in the guy's face until he's like three inches away. Then he lets it rip. You know, I mean, he lets the other guy hit himself on the head with it. I mean, it's just, that scene's just the, the best part, which of course people in the UK didn't even see that right. scene for probably, you know, 10 years after the movie came out. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like, uh, I guess Shuruken and uh, Nunchaku were both banned from all movies and television, regardless of how old you were. They could see sex and guns, but uh, God forbid uh, a stick up to another stick with a chain. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I thought Margaret I, Thatcher. Yeah, God damn you, Margaret. If you were still alive, I'd come and find you and I'd kick you in the ass. <laughs> Gently, because I don't want to break your hip. But yeah. Because I'm going for the old one, because the young Margaret Thatcher would probably kick my ass. And I don't want to fight with <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Okay, let's just move on. Um, 
No, actually, uh, watching, I, I acknowledge that in what in this this viewing of this, his his uh, nunchaku art was so fast, and it's something I've brought up before in um, other podcasts. It's that anytime anybody else seems to use them, they hit people with them and nothing happens. When Bruce uses them, he's smashing skulls. Like people aren't getting up. It's realistic. If I got hit with that, I wouldn't get up. Well, yeah, and that's actually what he was trying to do in this movie because one of his com- his own commentary on films, so when he got a chance to direct his own, was like, all right, well, first off, when these guys fight, they fight for all day long and nobody, you know, gets up and, you know, it just takes forever over and over. So he was trying to be more realistic in his choreography because even if you watch The Big Boss and Fist of Fury, the two films before this, Bruce Lee wasn't the the fight choreographer. I mean, I'm sure he had some say in some of the stuff, but it was Hanyan Jay who's the who played the the boss and the big boss. He he choreographed both of those films technically. Mm-hmm. And so when you get here, where you have Bruce Lee and he's he gives the Unicorn Chan some credit for the choreography there because they're both listed under choreographer. But you watch the fights in this, and there's way more down to earth. It's all about technique. It's just about punches and kicks, and it's no leaping through the air and doing double flips and landing on the ground kind of stuff, you know. Okay, so from an educationary perspective, because I made the joke earlier already, um, why don't uh, because you'll know this better than I would be explain it. Uh, the unicorn and Bruce thing. Uh, how does that like? They're like childhood friends or something. Yeah, they they were childhood friends. In fact, I think Unicorn is in one of Bruce Lee's childhood movies. I'm pretty sure he's got a little part in one of the films, but they've known each other since before he left Hong Kong to come to the United States. And then he came back, and of course they've always stayed in touch. And uh, and he used him, and he was in Fist of Fury also. Um, and then he was the, and we, you know, I think you and I talked a little bit about this, Matthew, where he was right after this movie was done, he helped Unicorn do his own movie by helping him choreograph some of the fight scenes and they filmed him shooting the fight scenes behind the scenes and then stuck it into the actual film. (laughs) So Bruce Lee ended up having a big lawsuit against that film company and it ended up being a big severing, you know, of of their relationship to some degree or another. But in this case, you know, here's, he gave him, if you look on the credits, it says, you know, fight instructor or choreographer Bruce Lee and Unicorn Chan. Okay. Yeah, he's the one. And uh, Bruce Lee's uh, Bruce Lee's um, butlers in the movie too. He's one of the other Chinese guys. Okay, uh, yeah. So I was gonna say Unicorn is the one. He looks kind of like uh, an Asian skinny Charles Bronson to those <laughs> who are trying to pick him out of the bunch. But this also had um, a guy. I thought it was Robert Tian the whole time I was watching it. Uh, sorry, uh, James Tian um, the whole time I was watching it. But it wasn't him. Um, I'm not sure who it was. But it's the really attractive looking dude. That's... Yeah, it's Tony's to- to- his name. He's, he was in Fist of Fury and okay. in Big Boss. That's why. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I recognized him, and I'm just like, well, okay, maybe he's not James Tien hot, but he still looks really good. Yeah, Tony Liu or Lao Wing, you know. So, yeah, that's you, you recognize him from the other Bruce Lee yeah. movies. He was actually, he actually, it's interesting about him, he's the only one that's in all four Bruce Lee's in the films because he was also in Enter the Dragon. Oh, Okay, yeah, I'm just one of the random people. I'm because that movie I watched it just uh, about a week ago, and it's so jam packed full of people. Like I'm like, oh shit, I know who that is. I know who that is, but like nobody gets to have any like FaceTime, but for more than like five seconds. Yeah, he's the one that's fighting uh, John Saxon. Ah, I remember he's beating John Saxon of up course. until yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's him. Yeah, in fact, yeah, it was the thing where John Saxon is um, playing doing the bet thing. So he Correct. has uh, yeah, 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 it was great. Um, okay, well, my favorite scene, uh, since neither of you stole it, 
Uh, it's the classic one. It's just the best. It's the first time Bruce gets to fight because they did the lead up again, just like they did in The Big Boss. You just never know. And you, you guys know my favorite uh, scene, of course, is from Enter the Dragon when he fights Bob Wall and he brings the wall down. But um, yeah, this is just <laughs> the best. It's finally his time. And he comes out and it's the big, fat Italian guy who looks pretty tough. Um, and then the black dude, the skinny, maybe Italian guy. Anyway, uh, it's the best. The movement number four, dragon seeks path. Bam! <laughs> he just whoops the shit out of him. The fact that that first guy, he was so confident. He's like kind of, you know, flicking his own chin. He's like, Psst, this is going to be so easy. I'm so tired of beating up small Chinese guys. And Bruce hands him his dinner. In the form of a oh, it's, it, foot sandwich. Oh yeah, it's a great scene. You know, it's so simple too. You know, I like how he sits on the one. Yes, guy yes, he sits on him. It's like ah, like I don't care about you guys. And then they're like, well, shit. I mean, there had to have been a point where I don't know. These other guys are like, okay, come on, we just need to get the fuck out of here. Like both of our big awesome friends are down. That the the black dude in that he looked tough as hell. Anyway, yeah, it was a beautiful scene, and it's the first time in this that Bruce finally shows off what he's capable of. And, yeah, it's like 33 minutes into the movie. You know, they really kind of drag it. It's like the big boss. They make you wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lee, you're back up again. You want to... Yeah, I was going to I was gonna piggyback on that. My favorite part about that scene was the, the guy who steps up before him. I call him wristband. And mm-hmm. that guy has to have the worst instincts on the planet Earth. And he comes out. He comes out. He takes off his little wristband. And he's doing his little technique. And then Mario... Wait, we're talking about the big he... Italian dude. No, no. no he's talking about wristband is unicorn chan. Okay. The yeah. Chinese oh, okay. Guy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah he, he pulls. He starts. He starts doing all this technique. He comes at him, and Mario just clocks him and knocks him out. It reminded me of those funny YouTube videos where you see like those those martial artists versus like MMA guys, especially the chi ones. Like it's always the same thing. It's always like the guys like doing his little technique, and the MMA guy just gets over there, just hits him a couple times, and knocks him out. And uh, that's what it reminded. It was just so abrupt and like disrespectful. I just couldn't stop laughing at that. I would that like I lol. I, I probably seek that back like three or four times in a row, especially right before we did the podcast. I was like, I got to get this in a GIF. All right, now I was going to say, now that you've said that, I'm going to call to our listeners. Anybody who puts that together with some Mario music and has the Mario guy, you know, totally whoop whoop doop, that'd be awesome. Oh. I know. I was like Mario. Yeah, you get you to off, you get huh? to be on the show, and we'll just uh, we'll laud how awesome you are. Uh, my well, second- that. that- Oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. What were you saying, Mr. No, I was just going to comment on that because one of the things about the, that and it, it that's cool about Bruce Lee and it was the case with this movie because he wrote it and was going to be the case with Game of Death is that he was really interested in the the philosophical side of martial arts. So he wasn't he was making sure not to waste these film experiences and not put that stuff in. And if you watch, remember earlier in the film when they're he comes out and they're they're in their in their karate geese or whatever and and he's like oh they're learning japanese karate and he goes but i'm not into it and he's like well no if it and bruce lee says you know if it if it helps you to look after yourself in a fight doesn't matter where it comes from right and i think that idea what you were just talking about where the where he comes out and he does the form and then the guy just throws the one right cross and he's out <laughs> that that's another per, those are actually you know points that lee's trying to make which is you can sit there and be all flowery but somebody just comes along and it punches you in the face forget it doesn't matter you know yeah then oh, lee God. comes and does the most stylish thing ever because he includes all of his awesome you know 
<laughs> the dragon seeks his target. And it's just so glorious. So I, I, I get your point 100%, Michael. But then well, I left this movie saying stupid things like that. You know, for me, it was like, the anteater flexes his limp nose. It's ah. a good technique. Yeah, that was my technique. <laughs> I was somewhere around the fat raccoon and the weak anteater. But, you know, not everybody can be a dragon. No, not everybody can. So, Lee, what you were saying, you were about to say something, I remember, when I cut you off there. Oh, no worries. Uh, So, uh, one of my second favorites is is they're stepping up the the stakes here, and uh, Bruce Lee has already fashioned some wooden darts to throw as, like, an anti-gun. Ah, that was uh, awesome. And he he comes in to the apartment, and the lights come on, and there's a guy. It's that cliche about the guy sitting in the chair at the door with a gun. And uh, he's got his gun right there. And Bruce Lee just, I mean, the guy's probably, I don't know, 5'11 and pushing 220. He's not a small man. And right before Bruce Lee dispatches him, the guy says, my boss wants to see you. And he sounds like a frog that smoked every cigarette in the world. (laughs) And the dub was so bad. And then then he just, like, crushes him, like, bad. Like, you, you see what the darts are for, you know? And he and he and just incapacitates him. I thought he broke his neck at one point, but then he like just drags him out, like all slow, and just drags him out and le- leaves him head first, just out in the hallway, just outside the door. And I thought for a minute, I thought <laughs> he's gonna throw that guy off of the stairway, but no, he just left him outside the door. And the whole time I was thinking, like, what happened to that guy? Right. It's the ultimate. Like, it's the ultimate like disrespect to somebody. Like yeah. I'm just gonna kick your ass in my house. I'm gonna drag you outside the front door. Shut it. I don't even think he locked it. He's just like, no, we're done. Like you're the you're a piece. You're like a trash bag. You're literally you just, you're just, a you're just trash. Twenty pound garbage bag. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that scene. I just I was like, what were they thinking when they wrote that? I think it's literally, and I might be tied for my top scene because that was so good, and I laughed out loud when he did it because the guy did seem really big. And it's been a while since I've seen this, and I'm like, what happens? Does he take him by gunpoint to his boss? No, of course he doesn't. <laughs> and then, of course, Nora was, like, starting to take her pants off. Like, oh, oh, it's not that time? Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's just get back to the martial arts movie then. Jeez. All right, Michael. You're, you're up for number two. That's funny. I, I, Lee, i got to give you credit. You, those two were my that you picked were actually my two favorite scenes. And part of the reason I wanted to piggyback on what you guys were talking about that is what I love about it is when he cut the very ending, when he comes back in, he picks the gun up, throws it across the room, and goes, see ya. And then he <laughs> just takes off. Yeah, that's awesome. Done. I actually, what, what sticks out of my head is something, as you know, and it's not much of a scene, but it's just memorable for me. And my brother and I used to always say it to each other I mean, he would, all the time afterwards, which is uh, towards the end when they pull up in the car and all of a sudden, you know, Bob Wall and uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Is, is, um, Ing, they're walking towards them. Wang, Wang and Sick. Yeah. Wang and Sick, yeah. yeah. They are walking towards them. And then they're, they're, they're going, oh, here comes the bad guys. And then the one, the Uncle Wang, who's obviously involved in the whole thing, goes, hey, this is a trick. <laughs> <laughs> like like five, five minutes later from everybody else, you know. And my brother and I constantly, I would walk somewhere and do something. And my brother would walk in and just go, hey, this is a trick. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that part always sticks out in my head just because it's, it's so, I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but it's pretty damn funny. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Couldn't fix that in editing, right? No, no, leave it, leave it. Oh, dude, when when the old uncle, um, when the old uncle decides to just start backstabbing people, <laughs> that was oh, the God. best. So I'm like, sad. really? Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Take that, M Night Shyamalan. That's a plot <laughs> exactly. You want a sixth sense? Here's your sixth sense. <laughs> I'm literally gonna stab you in the back. I was like, holy fuck, did that just happen? I did not see that coming. All right, well, uh, I'm not even going to the ending scene for the final thing. I just thought, I, I love so many, and we'll talk about the final scene at length here in a moment. But the fight with Bob Wall, Bruce is faster than I've ever seen him. And, you know, he and Bob were buddies, so it was really worked out. Like, we all, I've read this, well, I, kinda, I think it was an interview I listened to, and I actually read a whole uh, Q&A with Bob Wall. And Bob, I've brought this up so many times, but I'm just saying it again. Bob said... Bruce needed people that could take a punch. And Bob was one of those people that was willing to get fucking hit. You know, if you look at Enter the Dragon, he got kicked into the chairs and all this stuff. Like, he was willing to... He's a big guy. He was willing to take a punch from from anybody. But, yeah, so that was just so good. There's a part where Bruce does this, like... I don't know. He's, like, kicking him in the face. He kicks him, like, five times, and then he twists his arm behind his back and kicks him right in the fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, great. my God! Yes. That's when I'm standing well, up cheering. That actually is one of my favorite fight scenes with Bruce Lee is that sequence out there because everything is really wide shots. So it's like you see everything. Right. They're long. So it's like not just one technique, cut to another technique, cut to It's like there's like five or six moves for you know each shot. So you get a real good flow of the way it's going. And that piece you were just talking about is, is cinematography is great there because we're, we're over Bruce's shoulder, his back, and we see Bob Wall and then Bruce flips and he goes to the other side but bob wall is still facing the same way so when he throws that kick up he still can <laughs> cut between the camera and his face it's yes. awesome man. yeah it was literally yeah. bob wall's face in the camera and a foot coming up and smacking him right in the face oh so good so good and i and i feel like uh and you can cor- correct me on this but i feel like they had like better um like fight choreography and i think it's because they'd actually trained together yeah, I mean, there was definitely a comfort level, you know, right. they knew each other. But, you know, even Bob Well, Chuck Norris, and Bruce all kind of, like, knew each other to some degree, so. Well, the Bruce stuff was choreographed really well, too. But he also had to put in, I was so aware of how Chuck was getting hit. And um, I didn't realize that this was just his second movie, and the only other movie he'd done, he was uncredited. But it makes sense that he's like, well, fuck, I get to be in a movie, so I'm going to do well, it. Well, it was with Bruce Lee on that movie, The Wrecking Crew. yeah. I don't know that movie. Bruce Lee was the choreographer. It's a it's a Dean Martin movie. It's a Matt Helm movie, you know, kind of like a, a, a goofy James Bond, sort of like Colburn did the Flint movies. Well, mm-hmm. the Matt Helm movies were Dean Martin's, and Bruce Lee came on to choreograph some stuff with Sharon um, Tate and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, why am I blanking? Ooh, Elke, like Nancy, Elke, Nancy Kwan. Elke Nancy Summer. Kwan. Oh, and Nancy Kwan. Yeah. I know Elkie Summer what, from um, um, the, oh, what you call it? Uh, God damn it. Shot in the dark, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Clouseau. Is it good? But, uh, Is the yeah. Wrecking Crew a good movie? It's yeah, it's okay. It's not. It's nowhere good as in like Flint or okay. you know. But it's it's fun to watch just for to know. Hey, Bruce was behind behind the scenes a little bit, working some of the choreography there. And is is you can see Chuck in it as like just kind of a bit part for a second. Yeah, he comes in. Him and Mike Stone, who was another karate guy, who was friends of Bruce Lee from from that period. Okay. And I, I don't know. I think Bruce was hired as the choreographer, and he brought them on to do the scene. So, 
so that you know him and him and Norris already had a little bit of a working relationship together with in terms of the fight stuff. So he was willing in this case, even though he, like, I mean, again, he wasn't a movie star yet, but he was willing to get his ass no. kicked on camera and show up wearing his bear suit. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> hair, man. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Lee, do you have anything to say about Bruce Lee's hair? I'm sorry, Chuck Norris's hair. <laughs> do you have something to say? I, I thought at first I thought he was I thought like ah oh, you know I like with him without the mustache I was like you know he's actually a pretty handsome dude in his youth you know he's all clean cut oh right when he was wearing he takes... the red like cool shirt and fighting the other yeah. guy yeah he's like I mean, fit I, I mean I would have preferred he had a fade or you know a more like you know less childish looking haircut but sure. yeah, it was the time you know, you know. and then uh, and then he takes off his shirt and I was like Bruce Lee versus the wolf man <laughs> holy shit boy and then uh, and then the other thing I had a question about for you Michael was like what was the because. That cat at the end, like, I couldn't figure, like, I figured, like, at first I thought, oh, there's a cute cat that's just kind of going to get gonna get to watch the greatest fight maybe ever. But then, like, they kept shooting the cat in between different sequences of the fight. And I was wondering if there was some sort of, like, a meaning or a reason behind that, that, that Bruce Lee included that in the movie. Well, yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I think that was actually his cat or two all, you know, so that was part of it so part, part <laughs> he, he was there. like the no, original but, <laughs> cat meme guy <laughs> but uh, if you watch where the cat placement is first off there's cats all over the Coliseum so I'm sure that was him trying to go oh yeah there's cats everywhere so let's work a cat into this but um, if you watch it like when Bruce Lee finally starts to turn the table and he starts fighting Chuck Norris the, first off the cat is the one that meows and then they fight remember that's like mm-hmm. a referee right he's like the, the cat goes meow and then they start fighting then when bruce lee starts ch- ch- uh sort of turning the tables on chuck they cut to the cat and what is it doing it's playing with a piece of yarn and then it cuts to bruce and he's playing with chuck norris so mm-hmm. i think he was using the cat to sort of symbolize what he was doing in the fight a little bit there's a couple of shots that sort of mimic what he's doing with what the cat's doing at the end when he broke that now when he had to because Chuck wasn't going to let it go they should have cut to the cat like killing like a mouse you know like oh that would be awesome yeah you know I was so used to the cat thing because I'd seen it as at such a young age um, but it's exactly right I'd love to hear at least perspective that it was like wait what the fuck <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> yeah and then they're like kicking each other's ass I was like oh shit I actually I really felt uh, I felt a tear come to my eye at the end when he covers him with his gi and puts his belt on him, and he's just so pissed that he's been forced to murder this dude, because he—it's like kind of recognizing the skill that it took to be there, and like this person who's definitely like uh, so dedicated to their craft. It's a sad moment. Yeah, yeah that it's that like you said, it's again Bruce Lee paying respect to the respect in martial arts and how they, you know, like they, they took the time to. When they, when they finally run into each other, they both warm up. They're going, okay, you can go warm up, I'll warm up. Then we'll go get in our spots and we'll do this like the gladiators. You know, here we are in the Roman Coliseum. And so that was exactly why they did that. Well, great ending. Um, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I don't know if they, I, I feel like people have tried. You think of Ip Man against uh, the fucking um, tattoo face boxer and stuff like that. It just doesn't have, it'll never have the same feeling of how badass that was mike tyson tyson thanks <laughs> to my i'd like to thank the lord for giving me the opportunity to fornicate with many beautiful women i was like mike tyson you're a hero dude you're a national champ <laughs> he's literally got his hand out his pants with the zipper open and his pinkies out because that's all he's got left from all the steroids he's like thank you so much for me it's my pinky 
famously cannot drive. I'm going to eat your ears. Like, notoriously has driven his cars off the road, like, like a dozen times when he was a fighter. He's like a parody on real life. I mean, we won't get into the whole Robin Givens thing, but okay. he definitely is something, you know. He's definitely something in his day, but, like, you see, look at his background. Anyway, it's right. not the Mike Tyson so that, podcast. So Bruce goes crazy, goes ahead and murders the shit out of everybody at the end that uh, we, got, we got it right. I mean, that was that was it. Really, we, we just needed to get to the point that he fought Chuck Norris and won. Then it gets a little weird, and he f- finds the treachery. And Oh, by the way, M- Michael, tell me again, this weird dude the we'll call him the translator to the mafia guy but he's just what paul way yeah. okay i love him and he's been in so much stuff he's so creepy Sorry. his teeth are oh, he's so great. bad but he's so oh good. yeah yeah so uh, on pc too right <laughs> i love it the way he like strokes bruce's chest Ooh, you should come to the boss's house tonight what's his name i gotta look him up mr ho well, Paul Paul Way. I mean, but he remember he was played the interpreter in Fist of Fury yes, also. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, same, yeah, this is same. And that and then he played it also in Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Fu. So he got to play this character quite a bit. <laughs> oh shit! I was just going through the list of people in this movie, and I saw Yun Bao is was one of the thugs. Oh, one of the. Uh, you know, I don't know if he really was okay. in this. He, he might, yeah, he might, he, I don't know if he was, that, I think he didn't get to work with Bruce until they did Enter the Dragon. That might but, be IMDB yeah. uh, mystery. <laughs> like, he was there, yeah, might, he was in the bathroom while they were doing a scene, and he was really thuggish with uh, another guy in the bathroom. So, like, put him down as thug. Put him in IMDB. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, are you guys ready for your top six challenge? Oh boy, here we go. Let's hear it, Master. The challenge. Hey, I, I do want to actually point out one thing that's about this movie. Please. Just from a, just uh, kind of let that the the they Bruce Lee had brought a cinematographer from Japan. I, I mean, was going to ask it. about that. I saw it was a Japanese cinematographer, and I thought maybe I'm just cheesy to bring that up, but it seemed weird. Please. No, no. I think I think it's interesting because it's like uh, first off, Bruce Lee was trying to give it a little something. You know, different. He wanted it to obviously stand out, and this guy, this guy's name is Tadashi uh, Nishimoto, and he was—he actually come over in the '50s, and he'd been doing films for the Shaw Brothers, and so he came out, and he—and they were just going to bring him in to do the Rome stuff when the hit, because you know mm-hmm. Bruce and Raymond Chow and Nora Mao, and they were going to go to Rome, and he was just going to shoot the, the Rome stuff, and while they were there, I guess the cinematographer had seen um, Tadashi had seen um, uh, the. Um, uh, Deseka film, the yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he really liked the the use of filming uh, the the film process of that. So he decided to shoot. Uh, he wanted he wanted to shoot uh, this film in technoscope, which is a slightly different process than what was used to being used in Hong Kong at the time. And so they shot a bunch of the Rome stuff first, and Bruce Lee just fell so in love with the look of it that he decided that he wanted to keep on. Uh, Tadashi to do the rest of the the rest of the film so he did and he was apparently given a lot of leeway like Bruce really trusted him and and then Bruce brought him on to shoot the game of death footage all the stuff in the the towers so Mm -hmm. they used him on that and he couldn't do enter the dragon only because he didn't speak English and it was like this big translation thing so he ended up not doing enter the dragon but he's been around for a long time he shot like um he shot a bunch of stuff for um 
uh, for like Inframan, you know that super Inframan yeah, Bruce Lay's in it. Yeah. He shot that, and he did Come Drink with Me, which is a famous Shaw Brothers film. So, anyways, I was just going to point out that the cinematography in this had a slightly, a little, I think, a little bit of an edge to it, just because of the fact that they had the Japanese, you know, a cinematographer there. There was a period in the '60s. And I know this is just getting a little historical, but there was a period in the '60s where the the sort of golden era, the post-war golden era of Japan, was the filmmaking was drying up and so Shaw Brothers was taking advantage of that and bringing a lot of the Japanese technicians over and actually sending some of their own people over to Japan to learn so that's kind of how this crossover happened but anyway so that that was I thought another aspect to this film that just gave it a little different look you know so Lee you say I can never uh, bring somebody on that elevates us well fuck off yeah and there you go you got that? I'd just like to point out that I've never once said that and that's I don't even use the word elevate in my vocabulary. <laughs> uh, that Matthew Whitaker is a is a damn dirty liar, and I love him. <laughs> okay, top six challenge babies. Um, okay, boy, here we go. All right, so as you guys know, this is going to be really uh, okay. Whatever. First one uh, is going to our guest, which is you, Michael. Boy. And here we go. Where it's does... about the movie, right, or something, or something related to the movie? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first two questions are about dragons. <laughs> oh, wow, okay, oh my god. Okay, then. where does the word dragon come from? Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Where does the word dragon come from? Uh, I would guess it's European, right? You tell me. Uh, oh, I see. Like Probably you're talking about the actual word, yes. not like yeah. the word dragon. Okay, got it. Uh Oh my God! Um, I would guess Eastern Europe. No, let's say it's Latin. It's got to be Latin. All words are Latin. Um, what would it be? Drag gun, drac. Well, you know, I know there's, I know the word. There's a word, uh, drac, draco, draco, draca, but I don't remember what it means. Serpent or snake or something. So maybe it's from snake. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. The answer is the word dragon comes from the Greek word. Draconta, which means to watch. Uh, the Greeks saw dragons as beasts that guarded valuable shit. So, oh wow! There you go. Porting dragons, watching stuff. Don't worry, Lee isn't gonna do any better. Lee, <laughs> yeah. why are Komodo dragons bad for our health? Because they carry a certain kind of like they have like really parasitic uh, mouths, and all these par like what happens is is that when they bite their prey their prey are succumb to like a, 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 um, a bacterial infection and then they just come pick up the prey when it's dead, when it's good and dead so that it can't wound them while they're eating it. Stop showing off. And probably, wow. Michael, probably Michael knew that one too. Good job. Yeah. Well, I knew about the, the little bit of the, but that was way more detailed than I would have gotten. Yeah. It happens. All right, well, Smaug is a famous dragon. Michael, how tall are hobbits? <laughs> how tall are hobbits yeah well they're not very tall no. i would say um let me guess if i'm like thinking about the movie let's say uh three and a half to four feet i don't know yeah four feet you got it oh phew i was releasing the range mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. isn't it kind of like depending on too what kind of hobbit they were like some hobbits were taller than others right yeah you'd think that bilbo probably was a full four foot hobbit and I would say that the Samwise, he was probably like a three and a half because of all the extra, you know, belly, belly weight. Little folk, they would be his children to you. <laughs> yeah, you got the tall stoner hobbits and you got the short stoner hobbits. 
Anyway, you got that one, Michael. All right, Lee, this, this one's just unfair, and I'm so sorry. It's okay. What is the JRR in JRR Tolkien? Ooh, that I do not know. It's like, uh, it's... Um, okay, you get at just least... Just read routinely. Get, get I don't know. Two of the words. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, John Ronald Rule. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, um, okay, so, so far, we're tied. Cool. So these last two questions, um, they better show us who... Uh, by the way, the the prize for the top six challenge is you're the best person in the world. So. Oh my God. Yeah, you got that to look forward to. You guys, you guys don't mess around. No, I don't. Like I used to be like, oh, you get internet credit and stuff, but no, this is it. This is. Imagine the... all the royalties you're gonna get from being the best person in the world. Imagine this. What if the world ended tomorrow? You'd end as the best person in the world. Like they would just, if there's a heaven, they wouldn't just open the big stupid golden gates. They'd have like a fucking like spaceship that comes and picks you up and zooms you up into god's loins come sit on my throne you know you're the best person in the world okay number five and this one is for michael yes when was rome founded approximately or actually i made this question uh i just said i it's two questions you can choose your question when was rome founded approximately or who was romulus's brother no, I know this one. I know you do, oh, but you don't get this. I one. know that. I know that. I know more or less when Rome was founded. Give it. Um, it was in the uh, mid seven hundreds, somewhere BC. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay then I would, the other one I would not have gotten. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, so the final question is for you, Lee. No and pressure. Right now, you could Come you on, could tie up in it. Yeah, we could be tied for the best in the world, dude. Yeah, if you get tied, I'm going to have to have a tiebreaker, and it's going to have to be something that neither of you are going to be able to answer off the top of your head. Oh, it's going to be... Okay. It's going to get I'm raw. Ready, ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's All right. rock out with our cocks. When was here. the Coliseum built, approximately? Uh, that was built in approximately... I'm going to say... 73 AD? Or oh, fuck you. Back. It was 72 AD between 72 and 80. Okay, you guys are tight, so I have to come up with a tight right. God damn you guys! Oh. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm super impressed. He shouldn't have done history. I love history. How does anybody know when the Coliseum was built? And you had well, it I by one year. I how it was actually built, too. Like, they would... Well, I won't go into the details. It's garbage. But they could actually flood it and have submarine battles. It was pretty fucking cool. Garbage. Okay, well, i got to come up with a, I mean, a tiebreaker. My tiebreaker is going to have to do with something I watched recently. Let's see. Oh, there we go. That's going to nail me out. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michael hasn't been going to the theater a lot lately, have you, Michael? That's true. All right. Um, It'll be a good challenge. Okay, uh, this is... <laughs> uh, can you name one of the two hosts of the Great British Baking Show? And whoever says one of the hosts first wins. I have no the idea. The greatest what? The Great British Baking Show. Oh, I know that. Ah. Well, think about it, because I have no clue. You should have I a clue, that because is. I Damn raved it. about her in a um, Saturday morning. Uh, morning that, oh, it was uh, Sue, uh, God, I don't remember. Sue or something? Oh. Sue somebody? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I do know. I know the show you're talking about, if that's the right it probably w- is. Woman. Okay, fine. Um, okay, we'll go a different direction. Ooh. <laughs> now, this would just knock Lee out. Um, okay, uh, I'm just going to do something. Hold on. How about... Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, who can list... Uh, yeah, whoever can list the most amount of Teletubbies wins. Oh, God. I have no idea. I just know there's one who smoked pot. Sure. So you're both out on that one too? 
Yeah, that was a tough okay, one. Okay, how about I this? Remember, kid... I remember only one Ooh. that was at Poe. I only remember one because it was Poe. Okay, you win. My, my nephew's <laughs> Poe. Michael, <laughs> woo! Uh, <laughs> you did it. You're the okay. best person in the world. Yes, you just have to throw it out there. Yeah, that's all it took was one. Poe. Everyone knows Poe. All I used to, but he would actually say two. He would run around and go, la la, Poe. Yes. Poe. You got two. Look, he's burying you. you. <laughs> you're like your you're corpse under some like dirt, and he just keeps kicking more dirt in your face, Lee. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's going to have number three Teletubby here in just a second if I give him enough time. No, like that was the only thing he would say. La la. Um, Tinky Winky. And Tinky Winky. Oh, yeah. Tinky right. Winky, la la. Um, Dipsy and Poe. There you go. Dipsy. <sighs> you guys. That was British, wasn't it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, it could have been. No, okay. Maybe it was. They, they don't talk. They go. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's horribly annoying. I could listen to you like recount Shakespeare as a Teletubby. That would be <laughs> the height of genius. Maybe I could take a Romeo and Juliet. It's like, hey, okay. Yeah, maybe uh, has Matthew Whitaker stroked out? He took off his wig and strap on. And yeah. Congratulations, Michael. You won. Uh, and oh, thank God. Can I just say thank you for joining us for our. This actually closes us out because, from a Cinema Bushido perspective, we're not going to bother with Game of Death. Uh, it is not okay. within the Bruce Lee canon. So, this was it. The, our Bruce Lee was four movies, and the four movies are over. Wow, that's kind of that's kind of heavy. But listen, to you guys, I love your show. I listen to you do some great movies. So you know, I'm, thank you. So I'm glad you guys. Uh, your I'm glad your perspective is out there because it's uh, it's enjoyable to listen to. We'll pull you into something else another time. Um, it's got to be something. I don't know how uh, how well you go into. I don't know um, Jean Claude or any of those other assholes or Chuck. We, we, I have a lot of Chucks on Oh, I, believe me, I go into all of them. Yeah. I mean, I've been, because, you know, as a kid, I, they were around when I was growing up. I mean, particularly, you know, Van Damme. Chuck was around when I was really young, but uh, they're great. Well, There's let, some great ones. Okay, well, hey, let Breaker, me... Breaker, Breaker, Breaker's on the Turner Classic yeah. movies, too. So he's, he's, worth, he's worth watching. Well, let me ask you this. Um, from a non-Chuck, um, non non-Bruce perspective, like, what can, I'm putting you on the spot, but what's your favorite action movie? Well, my favorite action movie is The Seven Samurai. It's my favorite movie, oh, yeah. period. Yeah. In fact, it, it airs. It airs. It's, it's screening three days from now here in Santa Monica. Mm. I'm gonna go see it for sure up in the big 35 millimeter screening of it. So, um, I would say that's my favorite action movie. Contemporary wise, you know, I mean, I love the John Wick films. I think they're really interesting. You know, I used to train with the director of that film. He and I were both in the Dan and Santos school together. Yes. Uh, Chad, yeah, but I, I you know, I, I, Seven Samurai just beats everything. I think to me, in my, in my opinion, you know. And you know, you're speaking to me, right? <laughs> Lee and I did that one. We had so much fun. Uh, we just kind of like, you know, it's a long movie and it's got so many elements to it, and it's, it was just a blast, oh, yeah. a blast to do. Um, let me ask you. I have a movie coming up tomorrow night at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland. The Kid with the Golden Arm. Do you know that one? Oh yeah, sure. With uh, Lo Meng. He, in fact, we interviewed him for the. Uh, the Bruce Bloitation documentary we're doing, the star of that film. So you, um, in fact, if you go in there, talk to Dan, tell Dan to call me. All right. I will. <laughs> if you see I him will. in there. All right. All right. So. Oh, then I just want to uh, pull Lee back in since uh, we brought that up. Uh, what do you think uh, the next action movie you're going to make us do? I say make us because you made me do um, 
Goon. The three-headed ant goon. goon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What's next? I, I, have no, I have no idea. You didn't tell me how to be on the spot, so I'm going to say 13 Assassins. Oh, yeah. we got to do that. That's Ooh, a Mickey wow. film, and it's a remake, but it's fucking awesome. Thanks, guys. Take, take, thanks. Take care. Thanks, buddy.